everyone. Welcome to the Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. So the last time we were together, I was in the middle of my road trip, which was so much fun. I think I was in Oregon at a hot springs. But I decided to take the last month to just really be present, enjoy the national parks that I was visiting, and kind of put technology down for a minute. But now I'm in Topanga, California, which is right around LA. And I honestly feel like I'm going through some personal energetic upgrades out here. I've actually been feeling really exhausted for the last week or two, and it started to make me a little worried. (laughs) So I sat myself down to meditation last night, and I was like, what's going on? Why is my energy so strange and so depleted feeling right now? And I just realized that I am becoming a new person. I'm in a completely new environment surrounded by completely new, wonderful people. And I think I'm just going through my own mini awakening out here for lack of a better term. I know that's a very overused phrase, but it's for real. And I think a lot of us are going through shifts like that, whether we're starting you know, new careers, or we're with new partners, or we're in new environments, or really, we're just having to face ourselves in a new way. Maybe nothing has changed, but we're really just starting to go inward and look at ourselves more deeply. So I'm just being really patient with myself and letting my energy upgrade and shift as it needs to, and understanding that it's all working out as it should. But it's really nice to be in a home again and have a routine down. I'm really happy to be podcasting again and having the opportunity to speak with some amazing guests. So let's just jump right into today's episode because I cannot wait for you guys to hear from Jerry. We're joined by Jerry Sargent, who is the founder of Star Magic Healing. He's an incredibly powerful motivational speaker and an international best-selling author. And we talk about everything in this episode from quantum healing to the soul's journey and life after death and aliens. I like to call aliens extra dimensional beings for some reason. It just feels a little bit better. But I'm just going to let you listen to Jerry tell his story because he recalls everything so beautifully and it's honestly going to blow your mind. I actually heard Jerry a little while ago on the Almost 30 podcast for the first time. And I literally listened to his episode three times over because I was so inspired and so enthralled by what he was talking about and really curious to know more. So I started to dive into his own original content and just do as much research as I could because I had never heard somebody explain what he was explaining in such a unique way and in such a tangible way. He's really been through some firsthand experiences So all I'll say is that I would just recommend keeping a really open mind as you listen to him speak because a lot of this information might be new to you as it was for me. So enjoy this one. I think you're going to love it. And if you feel like a friend would benefit from it while you're listening, send it along and let us know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. All right, guys, I'll talk to you on the flip side. I'm just curious to hear anything and everything. Um, but the first question I do love to ask guests is how do you start your days off? Do you have a morning routine or what do your mornings look like? Um, like my, my primary focus for the morning is not to speak to anyone. It's not to engage with anyone. And it's just to kind of like, just be me, just have some Jerry time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so like I get up early, uh, it's a time for creation for me as well as sort of like preparation and activation. So, I mean, I don't have a certain specific order. But I will do my Qigong, breath work, meditate, um, generally right in the mornings when it's early, like my creative juices are kind of flowing hard. So, yeah, I'm, I'm tapped in and, and that's when the sort of magic happens, really. Mm-hmm. Um, gym, exercise, you know, that's different. It could be boxing, it could be weights, it could be sprinting, jogging, you know, whatever sort of was going on in the moment you know in the morning whatever I feel like I kind of vary it like the body gets acclimatized to whatever's going on whether it's hot weather cold weather so you know the body's the same with exercise so I try and mix it up and shock the body so I get better results um cold shower um stay away from from Facebook and Instagram and all that sort of stuff and generally like at sort of 11 12 o'clock you know I kind of uh 
start speaking to people and doing stuff like externally, you know, like turn on my communication streams, you know, whether it's phone or emails and that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. So it sounds like you really like to tap into movement first thing. Is that a mindfulness based practice for you or is it really just to get your, your heart rate up and to get going for the day? Um, I, I love exercise. Yeah. I, I just love training. I like pushing my body. I also like kind of going into silence you know, I just like doing a bit of everything in the morning. The breath work, you know, is really important for me. You know, I do different types of breath work, but, you know, it activates the central nervous system, the pineal gland, um, switch it, taps into the DNA, uh, switches on your lymphatic system. Uh, the cold showers are amazing, you know, spiking those adrenaline levels and bringing the cortisol soul levels down, down afterwards. Um, the meditation, you know going into the silence and kind of tapping those cosmic frequencies and, and, and the gym work. I, I, I'm always like pushing myself on the gym. I just love it. I've done it since I was little, you know, like I'm addicted to the gym. If I don't go to the gym, I go nuts. So <laughs> yeah, it's just a part of my daily routine, movement, breath work, all of it, you know, and in the mornings I don't eat either. You know, I, I make a sort of um, a point of fasting from eight in the evening until midday the next day. So a 16 hour fast every day. So at 12 o'clock, you know, I've trained and all that. I'm looking forward to some food, juice, protein shake, that sort of stuff. So absolutely. Yeah. Did you start to get into fasting previously or is this something new that you're you're trying for like a bio um, experiment? I got introduced to fasting probably like four years ago um, by a guy that I met um, from Colorado, Steve. He used to help with our facilitator trainings. Awesome fella. He got me into Qigong too. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I remember I did my first five day fast and it was so tough. But at the same time, I was going to the gym and I had so much energy. I was so shocked at how much energy I had. So um, and I love my food, you know, don't get me wrong. And uh, I was all already kind of um, I'd, I'd gone vegan and that sort of stuff. But that didn't agree with me. I went vegan for six years back in 2012, 2013. And the first couple of years were amazing. And then uh, I, my body started to get depleted. I, I, it wasn't good for me. So I started introducing um, eggs and a bit of fish and, and that sort of thing. And yeah, and got my supplementation right. And then I was kind of like booming again. Um, but then, you know, the fasting came and the qigong and breath work. And yeah, I mean, anything that can kind of activate me more, I I, I practice it, you know, I go for it, I, I experiment with it. And, and all of the things that I do, I, I bring star magic into it. So, you know, we've developed our own um, 30 minute and two hour Qigong routine, which we, 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 we share with all the people that come to our trainings. And, you know, we're bringing in earth frequencies, the star frequencies. So it's a, it's a healing um, exercise and activation exercise, as well as, you know, doing the movement and the breathing. So, yeah, we kind of like bring it all together in a pretty cool way. Can you remind me um, what Qigong is? Because I'm thinking of Muay Thai in my head, but what is Qigong for those of us who aren't totally familiar with it? So Qigong is movement. Um, I mean, the, the, the basis of it is, is, is Qi and energy. So you have something inside of you called a mesentery. Uh, some people call it the second brain and you it's like a battery. You know, when you breathe correctly and with the right body movements, you can, you can bring the energy into your mesentery store it like elevate it like put more chi into it and then you can start to direct that energy into your kidneys into your liver uh, into your sexual organs into your brain into your heart and um yeah i mean you know once you start doing that regularly your energy levels go through the roof and then you combine that with fasting and all the rest of the stuff and you know it's just phenomenal and, and anyone listening that, that that is into this stuff knows yeah absolutely so Jerry, I will have given a little intro to tell people about who you are and what you're working on, but I would love for you to take us through your personal journey into becoming the healer and the person that you are today. Can you give us your background? Yeah, I mean, my background is quite an interesting one. Um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't used to believe in any of this stuff, uh, like spirituality and the universe, God, infinite intelligence, whatever you want to call it. You know, I thought it was for crazy people. Um, I had a, I, I grew up, um, I was fostered and adopted as a kid, very angry kid. Um, I played a lot of sports as a kid. Uh, and then I was about 13 years old. And I got banned from playing rugby, which was kind of my life. And I turned to drink, drugs, 
um, you know, messed up my schooling, you know, wish I wasn't, wasn't going to school, didn't go half the time. I was just, you know, smoking weed and that sort of stuff. And then the rave scene was really rife in England. So I was traveling around the country, you know, popping pills and acid tabs and just raving and blowing whistles and having the time of my life. And, um, yeah, that kind of carried on really. And, uh, when I was sort of 19 years old, 18, 19, I ended up moving to Tenerife in the Canary Islands for a strange tra- a chain of events. Ended up working for a high-profile criminal organization. Got into all sorts of different things, um, drug smuggling and other things. And um, and then into kind of like bank fraud. And, and that was, you know, I was pretty good at it. And to be honest with you, I had no... Um, no kind of you know notion or want to even change what i was doing i was very egotistical money driven i just wanted cars and watches and designer suits and fast cars and my ego was just in full throttle but i had a, a few things happened like i moved back from tenerife uh, when i was about 24. Uh, I'd, I'd married a romanian lady um our daughter was born in tenerife in spain I had to smuggle both of those back to England because they didn't have passports, which is a whole other story. But we got back to England, got married, started up a property business, trying to change my ways. That went really well, made millions, and then ended up losing it all. Then I went back to, to drugs and stuff. And then in 2006, I was with my ex-wife and two kids, and um, we're in a pretty serious car accident. I was asleep in a taxi and um, we're traveling to Bucharest Airport on the way back from a, a small town called Piatra Nampt, which is sort of up the north where her parents were from. And um, we're driving in the taxi. I remember hearing like a big smash and uh, like there was wind and glass and I wake, woke up, the car's swaying from side to side. And uh, I, you know, I remember thinking to myself, you know, we're in a bad accident. We're either gonna hit the oncoming traffic or the car's gonna flip. And uh, all of a sudden we came to a stop and there was no other cars on the road. And I looked at the taxi driver to my left and he looked petrified. And uh, I looked in the back. Uh, our daughter, Alea, was underneath the driver's seat. There was no seatbelts in the cab. Laura, my ex-wife, had Josh, our son, in her arms. Both their mouths were full of glass. There was a hole in the windscreen in front of me. And there's blood dripping down my face. And, and as I said, no other cars on the road. I thought, this is really weird. And I, I wasn't cut or anything. I was wondering where the blood came from. So I've got out of the car. I looked maybe 30, 40 meters back up the road, and there was what uh, there was uh, there was two ladies. And I looked a bit further up the road, and there was what looked like a dead body. And what had happened is three ladies were crossing the road in the morning. First one got hit clean on. She came through the window whilst I was asleep, smashed me in the face, got flipped up over the car, and died. Second one had her ankles cut off, and the third one was physically okay. So I got out of the car and I was walking up, and a man had come out from a nearby factory and I thought, well, you know, isn't what can I do? I mean, this lady's there with her ankles cut off. He's obviously called the emergency services. Like my mind was just fixated on this lump on the floor and I got closer and closer, got within about 10 meters. I realized it was a body and I saw this like energy, like hovering over a body, uh, which I now know as her soul. And at the time I'd never seen anything like it. So I was like, you know, just shaking my head, like, get out of my head, get, you know, that's what I was thinking in my, in my mind, get out of my head. But I kept shaking my head, opening my eyes and it was there again. And, um, I got closer and closer, looked down over the lady's body and her legs were like <clears throat> wrapped up over her head. Like she was completely mangled. And, um, I remember like looking up to the heavens, um, by this time, the soul had kind of like fizzled into the distance and, I remember saying thank you. Like I remember, what I, I thought to myself, I want a whiskey and a cigarette, and I didn't even smoke, and I hate whiskey. But for some reason, it's, it was my first thoughts. It felt like a kind of a momentous occasion. Like I'd seen what happens firsthand after death. Like there's this body on the floor, and this energy that was inside of it has disappeared. It was like someone taking an old car to the scrap heap. Like this energy, this soul, didn't have any use for it anymore. So it's just gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the body. The body was like useless. And, and, and it felt, you know, I didn't feel sad or angry or upset. It was just like, I was like, thank you. Like the universe was smacking me around the face and saying, Jerry, wake up, man. We're so much more than these physical bodies with atoms and molecules and continuous movement and space. And this experience happened 
a few months later, my ex-wife had a headache. And I remember thinking to myself, I can take this out of your head. And um, I walked over to her, she's lying on the bed and I, I looked into her head and I could see this green stuff. It was like green energy. And I reached in and grabbed it and pulled it out. And I just kind of like threw it away. And, and she got up off the bed like she didn't have a headache. And I was like, well, that's a bit weird. But, you know, I was just still 3D Jerry and <laughs> focused on, you know, other stuff that I was doing. So I didn't think too much of it. Um, then we moved to New Zealand, you know, several months later. And a friend of mine had a car accident and she was in French hospital. The gear stick had gone through a leg her ribs were broken, legs were smashed. Her partner phoned up and asked if I could help and told me that the doctors had said, you know, she might not ever walk again and she could be in hospital for at least a year. And I was like, well, how am I supposed to help? You know, she's in, she's in England, I'm in New Zealand. But my intuition said, get some crystals, stick them on your chakras and lie on the bed. So I did that, I laid down on the bed, and then all of a sudden I was in a hospital room and all of this energy and light started pouring out of my hands. And I kind of knew what to do, I started putting her body back together mentally. And I did this every day for a couple of weeks. And she walked out of hospital in 12 weeks with the use of a Zimmer frame. And I was thinking to myself, did I do something? You know, didn't I do something? Is this my crazy imagination? And uh, then she came out of hospital and she phoned me up and she said, you know, I, I woke up one night, looked at the side of my bed and said, what are you doing here? And I was like, you, know, you could see me. And I was thinking, this is weird. Like, you know, there's so much more to imagination that, than I was ever taught at school. You know, imagination is actually reality in the quantum field somewhere. It's actually happening. So, you know, this got me exploring more. And at the same time, I met this old guy called Michael who taught me how to meditate. I'd never meditated up until this point. And he had a pyramid in his garden. And I used to go around there every day and um, meditate in this pyramid, sit in this chair, pyramid was over my head. And uh, I had some amazing experiences. Like he taught me to meditate with my eyes open. So I'd meditate every day with my eyes open. And I had some crazy experiences. I'll, talk, I'll tell you about two of them. So I, I was there one day and my feet, they turned to balls of fire and Jesus was in front of me. And he said, Jerry, you can walk anywhere you want to go. Just don't be frightened. And I was like, okay, just like in my head thinking, okay, looking at him. And then he turned and he walked up some steps that appeared in the garden and through a door. So I walked up the steps, through the door, followed him, and we we're in the Last Supper. And like he's there talking to everybody, there's fruit and, and, and drinks and all this sort of stuff. And I looked out the window and there was a massive spaceship. And they were showing me the extraterrestrials had been around for a long time. As I was sat around the table, I was Matthew. And this kind of happened for a little while. Then I kind of got up, walked out of the, the room, back down the steps and back into my meditation. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm meditating again and a little space pod lands in the garden. And uh, there was a blue being inside of it. <clears throat> and there was only enough for like two people or two beings. Um, there's like two seats in this thing, it was tiny. So I brought my light out of my body, walked over to it, got inside, and then we flew through a tunnel. Uh, for four or five seconds, came out the other side, and we were above water, and there was a beach in front. So I got out this thing, walked up the beach, and um, there were like 200 of these blue beings, like maybe more, but around 200, and they were all about seven feet, maybe a little bit taller, and uh, like they had no <coughs> um, like genitals, they were all kind of androgynous, and they had no clothes on, and all of them were really athletic, like they had like six packs and eight packs, and they hugged me, and the love that I felt was just, I've got no words for it. It kind of blew me away and the emotions were just, it was just love. It was a love that I've, I've you know, you don't really feel in these human bodies, you know? It was just, it was beyond. And uh, it really felt like I was home. And whilst I was there, I kind of knew like their, their pregnancy cycle and, and, and what foods they consumed and, and all of this stuff, like information was just coming to me. And I was on Alpha Centauri, and I'd never heard of Alpha Centauri. I'd never heard of Lyran beings. And, uh, you know, this experience was kind of happening. They cleared a pathway, and one of them led me through the back of the beach, through these kind of trees, and into this building, which was made of light. And I went in there and met this really old blue being. And, like, the only way I can describe it is, like, meeting, like, an ancient elder or a chief or something. And I was asked to kneel down on the floor. So I knelt down on the floor and all of this orange light started pouring into my crown chakra and it was full of like patterns 
and code and geometry, but not the kind of stuff we see here in our textbooks. It was different. It was alive and it was moving. And, and up until this point, I'd never experienced anything geometrical. You know, I was just a kid from the streets that, you know, sold drugs. And, you know, this was all just so new and crazy. And um, this experience kind of happened. I don't even know how long I was there for. But once the, the light stopped pouring into my head, into my crown, these two beings, they picked me up like underneath my arms and frog marched me back to this space pod, got inside, flew back through the tunnel, landed, went back into, in, into the pyramid and back into my body. And I was like, well, that's crazy. You know, did that really just happen? And then I, I was like a, a crackhead wanting the next fix. You know, I wanted, I wanted something else to happen, but then nothing happened. And, and we're in New Zealand. I set up a health and fitness center and it was going really well. And uh, I just woke up one morning and I said to my missus and kids, I said, we got to go back to England. They're like, don't be silly. We've set up this business. We've been here a couple of years now. Everything's going so well. The kids were happy in school. I was like, we've got to go. And they're like, no, we're not going. So anyway, after like two weeks, three weeks of me kind of like badgering them and saying, come on, we got to go, we got to go. And I didn't have any reason why. It wasn't logical at all. We put a manager in charge at the gym, put all our stuff in storage, packed a bag each and flew back to England. And um, that's when everything really started like happening. This was 2012, 2013. Um, I was out running one morning and I saw some fairies flying around the tree. And I'm like, you know, again, like, you know, am I really seeing fairies? But it wasn't with my mind's eye. I'm, I was actually seeing these things. Mm -hmm. And I stopped. I'm looking at these fairies. And then an angel came down. And the angel said, you know, my name's Archangel Gabriel. You need to write a book. So I said, what is the book all about? They said, it's about your life story. It's called Into the Lights. So I said, okay. So I, I sprinted home, opened up my laptop and started writing this book. It took me like four weeks. So I wrote this book, contacted the publisher, published it. And then um, I started seeing all of this geometry in the empty space. And it was the same geometry that got downloaded into me on the planet. And uh, I realized that the book wasn't really about writing the book. It was about what was happening to me whilst I was writing it. I was connected to something because it kind of just came through me. And uh, I was asking my guides, what am I supposed to do with this, with this stuff? You know, with this, with this geometry, with this code, they said, you need to meditate more. You're not meditating enough. So my son, Josh, who must've been maybe eight, seven, something like that at the time, we were getting up every morning about five o'clock and meditating for two hours. And in our meditations, we were going to these mystery schools underneath the pyramids in Egypt. And there was a man and he was showing us these ancient scrolls and on the scrolls were symbols. And it was the same symbols I was seeing the, in the air and the same symbols that got downloaded in the orange light. So we went every day for two hours for nine months and they were showing us how to heal people using these symbols. And um, like whilst we were there, we were looking around the pyramids after the class finished. And, and it was actually like a classroom. Like we sat at those little wooden desks you get when you're five years old at school. And I was looking right and I was looking left and there was all these other human beings there. Like they were all humans. There was no other beings. It was like you know, black people, white people, people, different nationalities. And um, we were just sat there like listening to this guy. Um, we explored, we found spaceships there. We found underground cities and all sorts of stuff under the pyramids. But after the nine months, people started coming to me that needed healing. They just came into my life. And I was like, well, let me just see if this stuff works. So I was trying it and it was working. And, uh, you know, I kept trying it and it kept working. And there was a little mind, body, spirit festival happening. So I got these little cards made up saying energy healing. And uh, I went there and I, I, I put uh, the book into the light. I was selling that. I gave a little talk there. And uh, I, I put these sheets down and said, I'm giving away three free healings. You know, I draw the name at the end of the weekend and about 60 or 70 people put their name down and I phoned every single one of them and said, you've won just so I could practice. So I practiced on all these people. They loved it. I got some great testimonials and I thought, you know what, maybe I can turn this into a business and actually earn money, you know, maybe legally for the first time in my life. So that's when star magic was born and the, the liar and beings came to me again and said, you know, you need to call it star magic. You need to do this. And they told me to write a book on it too. So I ended up writing Star Magic, Heal the Universe, and, and then um, Healing with Light Frequencies, The Transformational Power of Star Magic. Those books started selling. Then I was in another meditation, and, and this blue being, the same one that came in the craft, whose name is Derekwai, 
came to see me and said, you need to, 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 to build these healing centers. Like the whole town that I was meditating, looking over, it disappeared. And I saw this kind of like ball and it was the Christ consciousness grid around the planet. And there was all these little like dots. And Derek, I said to me, these are healing centers. You need to build them. And I was like, well, if I build them, who's going to run them? He said, well, you've got to train people first. So again, I ran home, opened up my laptop, designed a training program, put it online, and people just booked onto it. They came from Australia, from America, from Canada, from all over. I was like, this is crazy. So we did the training. Then we developed level two and level three. And, you know, we've trained thousands of people all over the world now in the last four years. And we've bought land recently in Madeira, in Romania, and Transylvania. And we're in the process of, you know, starting to build our first two healing centers. So it's all happening. All these things that these blue beings, these Lyrans have told me, it's just coming into fruition. And all, all I've really done is just listen, mm. you know, and, and I've done what they've asked me to do. And it's just happening. It's just crazy. You know, it's beautiful. I mean, I'm loving it. I mean, I've surrendered and I'm just going for it and just letting the universe take me. Mm. And uh, we're transforming so many lives and loads of people that have, 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 are using star magic in their healing businesses. And yeah, it's just amazing. Now I'm sat here talking to you. <laughs> yeah. I love it, Jerry. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. It's incredible. So my question for you now is, do we forget as conscious beings coming into our human vessels, do we forget this connection to the universe and this cosmic connection? Why aren't most of us able to tap into what you're tapping into? And do you think all of us are actually capable of having that happen in this lifetime? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I say this to everybody, you know, I'm no different from you. You know, if, if I can do it, then anyone can do it. I mean, this I was so far removed from this stuff. It was unreal. And now it's all that I'm into. It's, it's my life. It's my world. It's my universe. I mean, it's what I share every single day. I get up every day. It's my mission, you know, like love, transformation, healing, stars, extraterrestrials. You know, it's just, it's just, it's what I am now. And for me to be able to come from what I was doing to do this, it means anyone can do it. I mean, we've trained doctors and nurses, we've trained firemen, policemen, we've trained stay-at-home mums, lawyers, you know, everyone, chiropractors. I mean, people from all walks of life, dustbin men, you know, have, have come to Star Magic Training and everyone can do it. Like we've developed a really simple way of playing with the code in the empty space and enabling people to create transformation through it. Like our body and our brain is like a biological computer. And we're always downloading information from the quantum field, from past lives, parallel lives. I mean, I mean, nothing really is past or future, it's all parallel. So from the quantum field, we're downloading soul experiences that have happened or are happening. Um, some positive, some negative, and, and, and a lot of the ones that are kind of like negative and destructive, even though they're perfect because they taught us lessons, they're having a, an effect on the person's energy field, on their, on their DNA, and it creates trauma. So we are able to go into the quantum field and, and tap that information, unplug them from the information streams that they're plugged into, plug them into new ones, or change the timelines, however we do it. There's a number of different ways, and it creates a physical healing, mental healing, emotional healing in the physical reality. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to come back to your question, um, why aren't, you know, why isn't everybody tapped in? Well, everybody is tapped in because we are this universal energy. So the issue is that, you know, we're conditioned from a very young age, you know, to, to look outside of ourselves, to look externally, because when we step into our hearts and we, we release that magnetic field of the heart and we, we tap into these superhuman abilities, we become uncontrollable and that's dangerous for the system the system wants us to be good little boys and good little girls slaves slaves basically so you know we're taught to be like other people because if we be like these other people maybe they'll love us more and we forget who we truly are uh, on the same hand like we come into these human bodies and we are blank slated and this is a whole other story but you know there are technologies and, and and malevolent beings that that blank slate our memory so that when we come in we don't have recall mm. um there are other malevolent beings that come in and keep their recall so they can just continue where they left off but you know we, we have to figure it all out again so you know it's uh it's an interesting planet to be on you know mm. it's just a big game is the way i see it 
you know the game is to find your way back to the heart and and we're already there we've just got to kind of pull back the layers and realize that we're just this beautiful shining light underneath anyway and, and that we're just magic and, and and miracles aren't really miracles miracles are, are things that just happen to us when we're tapped in and when we're mm. when we're connected and our hearts open and we're, we're, we've got clarity and presence of mind and presence of heart. You know, all these things just happen. The universe guides us. You know, our heart is our life compass, but, you know, we're taught that the heart is dangerous. Love is dangerous. You know, love will hurt you, but we are love. Mm-hmm. You know, when we connect with it, you know, the possibilities are, are infinite. Yes, that's beautiful. Thank you. What's something that each of us could do on the daily in a meditation practice that would connect us more deeply? I think, you know, for people just starting out, breath is, is, is got to be the one, you know, deep breathing, you know, I mean, even just deciding to breathe consciously for five minutes in the morning, just to start off with even three minutes, you know, mm. and through your mouth down to the pit, of your stomach spine, nice and erect and just in and out consciously eyes closed just breathing focus on the breath in and out of your body it calms you down it brings you into the present moment and then it opens up a gateway into meditation you know meditation for people sometimes is quite hard to start with because the mind's just chattering away you know we have 60 70 80 sometimes 90,000 subconscious thoughts every single day and most of them are the same thoughts as the day before and the day before and the day before and the month before we're just recycling those thoughts and they're destructive but through breath, you can start to quieten yourself down internally. And then the breath opens you up into the silence. Then you can start to, to practice meditation. Um, but I think personally, like coming back to what you asked me at the start, breath work, meditation, exercise, like Qigong, eating really clean, you know, alcohol and, and, and drugs and sugar and knock these things out of your diet because they tip your brain chemicals you know you want to stay nice and stable in your mind and uh you know mixing all of these things together it just changes your frequency you know and you start to see things a lot more clearly you start to realize that we're living in this great big illusory experience and beyond that there is pure magic fairies and angels and and light and cold and information you know we're only seeing a very small slither of of our human experience, but beyond it is, is so much more. Right. What I think of is, I'm kind of tapping into my own personal experience now, I guess, but I had just trouble trusting the process and that trusting that everything is working out for me and that I was safe and, um, you know, that when I died, it was going to be okay. And I think so much of what kept me held back was that fear, like, oh my gosh, when I die, this is just it. And do you think that's what's keeping a lot of people in a place of lower vibration is just that fear state, that fight or flight state? And how can we transcend that if we don't really know how to trust yet? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a big question. I mean, there, there, there was, there's a guy called Alan Watson, people listening, a lot of people have heard of him, an English philosopher. And he tells a story about um, this guy who was a kamikaze pilot in the First or Second World War. And he jumped out of his plane and he's hurtling towards the floor. And, uh, you know, he's going to die. You know, his, his plane's going to blow up. He's going to hit the deck and boom, he's, he's going to die. And, and as he's hurtling towards the ground, he actually, you know, he accepts death. Like, you know, he's on the way down. He's like, well, you know, I'm going to die. And anyway, he goes into some trees. And, uh, you know, the trees kind of break his fall. And he, he gets broken, like broken bones and shoulders and arms. But he survives. And when he's interviewed afterwards, they ask him what the experience was like. And he said, I've never felt so powerful in all my life. Mm. He said, I was hurtling towards the floor and I was in fear. But then there was nothing I could do about it. So I accepted that I was going to die. And the moment that I accepted that I was going to die, this energy came through me like I've never felt before. And I feel that, you know, to really kind of live in this world, you've got to accept death. Mm-hmm. You know, realize death isn't death. Death is just a transitionary period. You know, you're going to move from one form to another, or maybe you're going to move from form to no form, and you're going to hang around in, in, in the field for a while. Or maybe you'll go to another place of learning, you know, a higher vibrational space, maybe back to the stars. Maybe you'll become a planet next, who knows? <laughs> but, you know, we're just consciousness, we're frequency, we're, we're rhythm and vibration, we're music. You know, and our bodies are actually like a musical instrument and the universe is just playing the symphony. And together, 
all of us as a global collective are this great big, you know, human symphony, this great big orchestra. And the universe is playing us all a little bit different so we can kind of trigger each other, assist each other, fall in love with each other and have these like dynamics that, that teach us this whole human experience. It's, it's, it's amazing, you know, it it's beyond amazing. what we it's can It's magic. Um, do you think that lucid dreaming and astral projection and astral travel give us a hint into what it's like to transition in death and leave our bodies? Yes. Yes, if, it's, if, yes, if you really kind of like move out of your body and into the other side. Um, I mean, you can kind of like astral project, you can kind of um, remote view. I mean, there's different names. Most of these things are kind of very, very similar, but you can, you can kind of like bring your consciousness out of your body and go to places where you're really, you know, you're nothing, you're no thing, you're not physical. You've kind of left the physical vessel and you are pure consciousness. And when you get into those states, like it really is like uh, passing over to the other side. I remember um, when we first moved back to England, shortly after that kind of experience with uh, the angel and stuff and the fairies, um, I was having a rough patch with my ex-wife and we ended up getting divorced in the end. Anyway, we lasted a few more years after this kind of experience, but she told me like, um, you know, she wanted to, to split up and all this and have some time apart. So I moved out for a bit. I went round there uh, one evening, see the kids, had some food, and um, we were sat on the sofa chatting, and uh, I, 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 had, I, I was kind of, I don't know how it happened, but I had this realization that I didn't love myself, and I'd never loved myself. Mm. And as I had this experience, this big wave of energy came through the living room, knocked me back onto the sofa, and I just came out of my body. And I was looking back down at myself on the sofa, and I was floating around, and it was so beautiful. And um, it was just, it was a bit like the experience when I met the Lyrans on Alpha Centauri, that kind of love and being out of my body, I just, I, I felt at one with everything. And it was like wherever I thought I was and, you know, whatever I kind of focused on, I was there and I was it, but I was also above my body at the same time. And I don't know how long it lasted for. I just remember at a point later on in the evening, I was outside the front door of the house taking all my clothes off because I was so hot. And I don't remember how I kind of got from being above my body to being back in my body and outside the front door taking my clothes off because I was dripping with sweat. But that's what happened. And yeah, it was, just, it was an amazing experience. And, you know, we can get into those states through meditation, through breath work. You know, um, I mean, we have people on our trainings, we do breath work ceremonies and people stop breathing. They stop breathing normally and they start breathing through their prana tube, their central channel through cosmic energy. And, you know, they're gone. They're off in the universe. And, and that's a magical experience in itself. And everybody can tap this. You know, everyone can. If they just dedicate themselves to a small practice and expand it, everyone can, can go into these incredible vibrational states. How do you make sure that you're going to come back into your body? Because it sounds like it would be so euphoric to leave like that. And I've, had, I've only had one moment where I've been able to hover and astral project just a little bit. And it was so exciting. I was like, if I let myself go any further, I'm not going to want to bounce back in. Is that ever an issue for your people well, in training? I, I remember um, when I, 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 I was given this book um, by my first like spiritual guide, this lady in England. And the book was called um, The Traveler. That was it. And mm. it's about, it was about these two books written by a Native American Indian guy. And there's a sequel called The Long Dark River and another one. I, I read The Long Dark River, but I can't remember what the third book's called and I didn't read it. But the first one is about these two brothers that can come out of their body and go traveling. And um, there, there's this group of people in the book called The Brethren and The Brethren have these kind of hunter beings and like dogs that sniff out the travelers and they're out to kill them because they're dangerous to the system. A little bit like what's happening you know, in reality. And I read this book and I said to, to, to this lady that was kind of coaching me, I want to do that, you know, and she said, okay, come around. So she, she guided me into this space and she opened up my heart and she helped me bring my light out through my heart into the empty space. And I turned around 
looked back at my body and I was like, man, I'm in two different spaces. This is crazy. And I went home and I watched my ex-wife making dinner for the kids. And I, I asked her later on, you know, did this happen earlier when you're making dinner for the kids? And she was like, yeah, how'd you know that? I was like, I, I was here watching you. You know, it was crazy. Uh, she always said to me, if you're ever out of your body, all you've got to do is think calm think home or think body and maintain that level of awareness. Um, but I've been out traveling on my own and, and I, I remember once I was going through this old building, it was like an old school with broken glass and broken windows. And I was going through room after room after room and I actually got into a bit of a panic. I was like, how the hell am I going to get back? I've come so far. And then I remembered like think home and it was like an anchor and boom, I was mm. back to my body. But we have people sometimes, you know, in our, in our workshops and trainings and uh, when we do some real deep work, you know, they can go and, and, you know, they struggle to come back, but we'll go in and, and, and we'll bring them back. So in a safe environment with, with, with good people that know what they're doing, you know, it's, it's cool, it's safe. Um, you know, and I, if people are kind of trying it for themselves, I always recommend like, you know, just like step out your body, step back in, step out, step back in, get used to it, mm -hmm. you know, and then start to, 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 to venture a little further once you get kind of, uh, you know, au fait with it and acquainted with it and, and comfortable with it. Sure, yeah. sure. I would love to tap into parallel realities and parallel lives with you as well and just get a deeper understanding of what's going on there. And is it the same um, essence and, I guess, personality, for lack of a better word, that's throughout all of our parallel realities and in our transitioning? Do we keep our essence, do you think? We keep our essence, but we don't necessarily have the same personalities. I mean, my, my, my spiritual journey, like, I mean, a piece that I missed out earlier is that I, you know, when I had this kind of car crash, just before that, I actually met my first spiritual teacher uh, and she, she did past life regression and she took me into hundreds of my past lives. I got addicted to it. I was, I was so interested and, and like blown away by what was happening. Like the, I, I used to have this thing where, if I phoned my missus or kids and they didn't answer, I'd start panicking. I was like, is something bad happened? What's going on? Why aren't they answering? I'd phone, phone, phone like a crazy man. And, uh, you know, I told her this and she said, you know, let's go in and find out, you know, why, why this is, you're experiencing this. And we went back to this kind of like sex and time reality. And uh, I was a man and we were packing up all of the, the reservation and we were going to these boats and we were kind of leaving. And I was on one of the boats and this other tribe came through on horses and they kind of trampled on my kids and slit my missus's throat whilst I was on the boat. And I remember running back and trying to, to save them. and I couldn't get there. Mm -hmm. And anyway, this trauma was playing out in my reality now. And it probably played out in other realities when I'd inc incarnated either on Earth or maybe other planets in, in, in the cosmos. But we went in and we, we healed this reality. And I've never had that issue since. Um, and I've been into many past lives. I mean, I've had positive lives and some extremely dark lives as we all have, because we all have to learn and, and get to know and integrate dark and light because dark and light is inside every single human. The devil and God is inside every single human, you know, and we have to, to, to really harness our power. We've got to bring dark and light into equilibrium and become a master of dark and light. If you want to go into pure love or into pure darkness, you're never going to master your power. But to integrate the two, then you become phenomenally powerful. Do you think other planets are dealing with the same level of darkness and lightness that we are? What's going on on Earth from your perception? Um, the answer is yes, some planets, you know, are. And there are, I mean, there are billions of planets, you know, so these kind of experiences um, are happening on some other planets. Um, on Earth, I mean, this is a massive question, you know. Um, how do I kind of condense it down? I mean, we live on a planet that is going through a crazy expansion in consciousness. You know, for thousands and thousands of years, we've been controlled, you know, by malevolent, negative beings, extraterrestrials, what energies, whatever you want to call them. And they feed off of, of, of low vibrational energy, human fear, guilt, jealousy, anger, all that sort of stuff. So, the game is to keep us in these low vibrational states so they can feed. And what is happening at the moment is human consciousness is expanding so fast that the, the matrix is breaking down. Mm. Um, I mean, the matrix is, 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 is so deep and so clever and so well put together, so well orchestrated. 
that a lot of people don't believe is real. They would never believe that the government wanted to control us. They would never believe that there were any negative beings that wanted to feed off of human fear. They would never believe in SRA, satanic ritual abuse, you know, feeding off of adrenochrome, all of these kind of things. I mean, it's so far-fetched for some people, but it's the truth. Um, we deal with a lot of kind of satanic stuff, helping children that have been in these kind of traumatic situations, adults that have been through it and survived. You know, the, the darkness is, is beyond what most human beings are ready to even even kind of try and integrate, like even, even to, to look at 5% of it would freak most people out. Um, but consciousness is expanding. The lies are coming to the surface and, and it, this stuff is being exposed. And we on the ground here, you, me, all, the, all of our sisters and brothers, we're here to integrate the lights, the off-planet frequencies that uh, are helping us tap the the information knowledge and wisdom that's inside of our dna that contains like genetic encodements from our extraterrestrial heritages and as we tap this we're going to start to to become superhuman the ability to heal at distance telekinesis um telepathy teleportation all of these things are natural abilities for us we just we're so far removed from that truth we just think it's possible in films and movies but the films and movies tell us the truth so we are going through a major like unfolding and elevating of consciousness but it's not like a massive event that's happening it's it's slowly happening mm. you know people think the 21st of december this year there's going to be a massive thing on winter solstice like everyone's just going to wake up it's not going to happen there are huge energy waves coming to the planet through certain portals but it's only going to change people at the level where they're at so people that are really expanded, they're going to go to the next level. People that are asleep, they've got a good chance of waking up. So, you know, but there's, there's still a journey for everybody to take. You know, we're all on our own unique paths within this same human game, all interacting with each other, guiding each other back into our hearts. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's a way for us to be able to sense when a darker force is coming in and, and controlling us? Um, I guess the example that comes to mind is with our phones and technology and how um, hypnotizing it can be to look at our phones all day. Do you think that technology is playing into this matrix that's going on? And how can we keep our sovereignty and use these tools without, you know, losing ourselves? I mean, the short answer is balance because everything has a place and everything has a purpose. Um, to answer your first question, you know, how do we know if some darker being is kind of like, you know, infiltrating us, manipulating us, that just comes with practice. You know, we, we, we teach people this in our trainings because, you know, it, it, it comes down to first understanding it and integrating this, this knowledge and then knowing how to tap this knowledge and, and getting your awareness into a state where you can be aware of it because it's happening all the time um you know 30 percent of the human population plus have what i call shadow parasites in their field or in their bodies and they are negative entities they feed off of human fear like i said and they act like a, a normal parasite like you get parasites in the jungle that um, go into caterpillars they take over the caterpillars consciousness make the caterpillar climb to the top of the tallest tree and explode itself yeah. and then all of the, the, the juice goes over the leaves more caterpillars eat it and it expands and expands because they all go to the top of the trees then they all explode so these kind of shadow parasites they take over our minds and over our consciousness and we become like the walking dead you know and a lot of people are like that we do lots of modern day exorcisms with star magic mm -hmm. um, but to, to, to really understand that it takes practice and the best way to kind of go through it is to actually, you know, be tapped by an entity, be infiltrated and have it removed and feel that difference and then go through the process. Um, yeah. And then what was the second part you asked me? It was about the oh, phones. Yeah. Talking yeah. about technology. How can we? Yeah. Technology. I mean, we've got to integrate it in balance. You know, I mean, you've got 5G. I mean, that has the potential to completely destroy the planet. You've got all of the COVID vaccines and nanotechnologies and, you know, it's all integrated together to try and, you know, transhumanize us, turn us into cyborgs or part cyborgs so that the 5G can kind of, you know, pick us up on the, on, on the satellites and, you know, send messages to us and control us. I mean, they've got technologies 
that can, can place thoughts into our minds and get us to think a certain way, change our emotions, all of this sort of stuff. So technology is amazing, but at the same time, it can be completely destructive. What we've got to do is, 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 as humans is you know, use our iPhones for certain things and, and, and put them down again. We don't need to be on them 24-7. Yeah. You know, you can do what you need to do, chat to who you need to chat to, turn it off again. Mm-hmm. You know, put it down, put it on silent, turn off your notifications, mm-hmm. you know, be on the laptop here and there, turn your, your 5G off at nighttime, your 4G off at nighttime, don't have your Wi-Fi running, you know, get out into nature more, you know, reacclimatize with, with the frequency of the planet, you know, the Schumann resonance, instead of, you know, having our vibration altered through technology, keep stepping into the trees and hugging the trees, take your shoes and socks off and get on the bare earth, you know, connect to those magnetic frequencies of Gaia. Yeah. I love that you mentioned earlier that in our parallel realities and lives, we might not be human. We might be animals. We might be trees or mountains or even planets. And can you explain consciousness of earth and I guess a little bit more and nature? What is that kind of consciousness like? What's the intelligence there? I think all intelligence is the same. It's just that intelligence is manifested into a different form. You know, people say that rocks and minerals are of of, of a lower um, consciousness and plants and then plants go to animals, humans, you know, up the chain. But why is a potato less intelligent than a human? Just because it sits there in the ground, you know, its role and function may be just as important as ours. You know, like we, 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 we like to judge things and compartmentalize things and segregate things and box things up because we've got this left brain and we've been taught to use it instead of tapping into our right brain, our female brain, which has the capacity to, you know, read billions of bits of data plus per second. It sees frequency, sound, vibration, light. It, it, it feels. And when we operate from our right brain and not our left brain, we see everything as equal. Everything is love. You know, we also see the, the lower vibrational beings inside, you know, human vessels and lower vibrational beings that are shape-shifting too. But, you know, it's all part of this game that we're playing. And all we've got to do is realize that we're in a game, have fun with it, laugh and joke about it, and make conscious decisions to be empowered and, and, and help people and care and be compassionate instead of being in that kind of fight-or-flight mode where we... Um, very competitive and want to offer ourselves and want to rise and be successful above other people. There's enough on this planet for everybody. There's enough for everyone to be abundant. You know, and I think, you know, when you live in a present state of awareness, you don't see anything as lesser or more, lesser or greater. It's just, we're equal. Mm -hmm. To kind of pivot on that a little bit, I am thinking because my grandfather recently passed over and I've been trying to figure out ways in which to communicate with him more and just connect with him. What do you think our, our spirit realm is like? Is there, are there levels to this where spirits might pass and then they kind of hover here? Like how, how can we understand where our, our relatives are going when they pass? I mean, I'm, I'm, I suppose my question would be, why do you even want to know? I mean, what, 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 what is the point of knowing? How is it going to help you? Mm-hmm. It's not going to change anything for you, so just let them be. You know, you'll meet, meet their frequency again whenever you're supposed to meet their frequency again. But at the same time, like to answer your question, there are different levels. You know, I mean, when, we're, when we leave our body, we're supposed to, our soul and, and, and light body is supposed to split and our light body is supposed to be cleansed. And our soul's supposed to meet it later on. We get a life review. We choose what we're going to do next. But there's manipulation after we pass back to spirit. And a lot of people are, or a lot of souls are railroaded back down into this prison planet, back into this human matrix because we're a food source. They don't want us to go anywhere else. But there are other levels of corruption and manipulation in other frequency bands too. It doesn't just, it's not just in 3D. It's, it's, it's up the chain, up the frequency bands. Um, Ask me the question again. So there was something else that you triggered, but it just popped out of my head. Oh yeah. What was I saying? I've been trying to connect with my grandfather more. I love that you asked, well, why is that even necessary? And then mostly just talking about what kind of levels and do we go through um, what the spirit yeah. realm looks like around, around earth. And do people just kind of shoot off into different planetary realities? Do they hover here? Do they try to work with us? Are they even aware of that or conscious of it? Or are they just moving on? 
Well, sometimes people could be murdered really quickly in a car accident. And, and, you know, when they had that kind of sudden leave in the body, they're not really sure whether they're still in their body or they've left their body. That can be quite difficult sometimes. And, you know, a lot of people do rescue work. And I did that before when I was learning all of this stuff again with my first spiritual teacher. And we used to put on suits of light and we go into the in-between world, into these real dark places where I'm millions of souls that are stuck and we'd help them trans transition back to source. And that kind of works good, but it's draining. But there are millions of souls that get stuck. Um, and again, a lot of that is manipulation and corruption beyond the physical fields because the, the, the malevolent beings want to keep us in these places. Sometimes we get stuck in them ourselves. Um, and there are other kind of spaces too. Like say, for example, you know, you had a belief system like, you know, when I leave this planet, I want to go and see my dead auntie, my dead uncle. I can't wait to see them again. So when you leave, there can be programs in place, you know, other energies, um, beings that will say, you know, if you want to come and see your dead grand or your dead grandpa or your auntie, your uncle, come with us. We'll take you through this door. And, and you go there and they stick you into a whole other matrix. So you live in, in this reality where you're with your, your, the, the people that you wanted to see. But again, it's, 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 a, it's a program. And so they're syntaxing your energy again in this other quantum space. So there are multiple levels to it, multiple levels. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are demon schools. Demons go to school. Demons go to university, you know? So it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. I'm latching onto this um, thought about how we are kind of on this slave planet and malevolent beings are feeding off of this energy. Would you describe a humanity as like a big battery that's like charging something? Can you help us understand what is going on there? Well, up until recently, there were many batteries. And okay, so if you look at a cinema, you look at a school, um, you look at a church, they're all built on ley lines, energy lines. Um, some people call them ley lines, some people call them dragon lines, but they're running through the planet. And if someone's watching a scary movie and they're like, ah, there's something scary going on, they go into fear, that energy is drawn down into the ley lines and it's sent to various um, crystals around the planet. And then the crystal sends the energy as it builds up to certain batteries. Some of these batteries are subterranean down in our planet. Some of them are off planet. Some of them are within the Earth's grids. So there have been many batteries, but a lot of groups of people have been doing a lot of work recently to blow up these, the, the, these batteries. And, you know, you can see it, you know, in, in what's happening in, in, in reality. Like, uh, I mean, even if you just look at what's happening at the moment with COVID, you know, they're coming in real hard to try and put people into fear and, 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 and manipulate people and try, you know, get the injections into us and, God knows Bill Gates, Luciferase, and all of that sort of stuff, which are going to transhumanize us if we have these injections and start to the, 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 the DNA reprogramming process where we start to become, you know, not pure humans. And, um, you know, it's dangerous. And, uh, you know, what we've got to do as a human species is, is realize this is happening and step away from it. But, you know, the main aim is to control us, take our human fear, store, store it in these batteries. The kids are another big thing. I mean, human sacrifice, you know, adrenochrome, like millions and millions of kids go missing every year. You know, millions and millions of kids have been bred in underground bases, you know, predominantly for adrenochrome, adrenochrome torture and slaughter. So, and that is to, to, to build the batteries. But because, you know, a lot of these kind of pedophile rings and underground bases are, are being destroyed, you know, they haven't got the energy to put into the batteries. And so they're coming up. I mean, in England, there's been gangs of people uh, going around and stealing babies out of the arms of mothers and fathers and just running off with them. Like they're coming up to the surface level to try and do this now because their underground stuff, their off-planet stuff is being destroyed. So it's, 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 it's coming to their end times, but it doesn't mean it's going to be over quickly. I mean, they're not going to go down without a fight. But what we've got to do as a human species is, is stay in love love is the key love is the question love is the answer like it's okay to talk about this sort of stuff to kind of make people aware but at the same time i don't really like talking about it i want to keep people focused on 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 staying in their hearts but at the same time they need to be aware of this stuff just so they know that it's there just to park it so they know how to play the game and whatever happens in their reality 
They've just got to love it. Mm-hmm. Because we get those two choices in every single situation, love or fear. Or another load of, of, of emotions which are somewhere on the spectrum in between love and fear. And we've just got to keep going to love, joy, love, beauty, divinity, you know, harmony, just that love end of the spectrum where it's just ecstasy, you know, and stay away from the other end. And if we can stay in that high vibrational state and we band together as sisters and brothers, then we become a major force, unstoppable, immeasurable. Mm-hmm. So love is, is, is where we want to be headed. Love is what we are. We've just got to keep opening our hearts and letting them bloom like magical flowers. Yes. Do we have help from like the Pleiadians, the Lyrans in active real time here? Do we have a lot of assistance from extra dimensional beings? And how are they helping us? I mean, when we were on one of our facilitated trainings a little while back, probably about a year and a half ago, we saw a load of gold beings. They looked like gold lights. They just came down from the sky and went down into the earth and I tuned into it and I realized they were going in and and helping destroy um, some underground bases. So I know that there are certain beings that go in and and, and work on that level to help, you know, disrupt the malevolent beings, uh, you know, on that kind of like that, that energy level. Um, some of these beings are, are in human bodies, walking amongst us and helping us. But this is the thing, you know, we have to, as a species, do this for ourselves. Like they, they, they do it, they, they give us guidance, but we have to do the work. Like we have to open our hearts and we have to stand strong. We have to enforce our boundaries and we have to say no. We have to you know, not acquiesce, not consent. We have to stand up, be strong, be powerful, be authentic and, and make up the own, our own rules and regulations to this human game and band together as sisters and brothers, form incredible communities and, 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 and create a wave of love that just, you know, completely obliterates the negative aspects of this planet. But we have to do this. Like they guide us, they support us, but they're not going to do it for us. A lot of people think that they're just going to come down and take us. They're not going to do that. What are we going to learn if they do it for us? Nothing. We have to step into our power and and, and take back control of our own planet. We are the galactics here on planet Earth in these human bodies. We're galactic titans having human experiences. And as these off-planet frequencies hit us, they're waking us up and making us realize this and we're becoming stronger. We're realizing the truth. And people are speaking up. People are being strong. People are saying no. it's just going to keep expanding and expanding. And the reason they want to stick these, these vaccines in us really quickly is to, to stop this process because consciousness is spreading so fast, you know, and if they don't kind of put a halt on it, their, their game is going to be over real quick. So, mm-hmm. you know, we got a choice, you know, wh- wh- which way do we want to go? 3D or 5D? There's two timelines, mm-hmm. you know, stay in this planet as an unconscious being, as a slave or step up and, and, and ride this magical, magical rainbow in, in a higher frequency band. Mm-hmm. where love is the driving force, where fear is the driving force in 3D, love will be the driving force in 5D. Yeah, so well said. Jerry, I could ask you questions for days, but I will just open it up to anything that you want to say to close it out. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to touch on? I mean, you know, I, I'm grateful to be here with you. I'm grateful to have the opportunity to to, to chat and to share. And I suppose... I mean, everybody has just got to make conscious choices themselves, you know, realize that you're powerful, realize that you're strong, realize that you are an an, an undefinable, immeasurable quantum being, you know, playing around in this, in this avatar human body. And you have so much potential and you're only going to find it if you go within. You're never going to find it in the external world. So meditate, do your qigong, do your breath work. You know, do all of these things. Eat clean. You know, do things that are going to raise your vibration. Eat fruits and vegetables, the photons, you know, sun-drenched foods activates the pineal gland, activates the DNA. You know, get out and exercise. Start hugging people. Every time you see someone, open your heart and tell them that you love them and give them a massive hug. Even if they're a stranger, walk up to them and hug them. You know, let's just start unleashing our hearts because it's the most powerful weapon that we have. Mm. The most powerful weapon. 
absolutely. You know, and if anyone's interested in, in, in meditation and breath work and all that stuff, go to our website, starmagichealing.com. We've got some of the best ascension tools on the planet. Loads of free global meditations. Get involved. Come and join the tribe. Mm, excellent. And Instagram, what else can they find you on? I mean, if you go to starmagichealing.com, you'll get access to Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube, like all of our social media platforms. You know, we upload videos regularly to, 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 to YouTube. There's posts every day on Facebook and Instagram. Go and check it out. There's new blogs and videos on our website. There's new meditations and light language transmissions and cosmic yoga videos up, uploaded every week on our website. There's mm -hmm. so much like material and content for people just to get lost in and, and, and just elevate their vibration. Awesome. So I'm going to link that. that in our description too. So people can just click. Yeah. I mean, we just really scratched the surface. It's been such a joy to dive into your work and I'm excited for people to check you out and just expand themselves. So thank you so much, Jerry. I'm so grateful that you were here. Thank you, Helen. Take care, sister. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And thank you to Jerry so much for coming on and sharing your story. This was one of the most fun interviews that I've done. And I hope you guys learned something new, you know, about yourselves and that you're now in a more heart-centered space and in a more trusting place with the universe. I know I am. So I'd love to hear from you and what you think. Um, but in the meantime, you can follow Jerry on Instagram at Sergeant Jerry and at StarMagicHealing.com. I'll link all of this in the description below. And you can find me at Helen Denham underscore on Instagram and HelenDenham.com. I post weekly blog posts and I also send out a newsletter every Sunday for Self-Care Sunday, which is just really fun. So if that feels like something you're interested in, you can always sign up on my website. And I think that's it for me. But I love you guys so much. Have a beautiful day and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.